and welcome back to the Steep Hill Careers podcast from the University of Lincoln's Careers and Employability team, where we talk about different challenges students can be faced with as they pursue their graduate careers. I'm Becky, I'm your host, and today we're joined by recent graduate Sean Hall, who is going to tell us about how his experience with long-term illness has influenced his career choices. Um, Sean, would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background? So obviously, as you said, I'm Sean Hall. Um, I studied at Lincoln doing an undergraduate in biology. And then I did a master's more recently in microbial biotechnology, which I've just finished this September. What was your biggest challenge during university? So the biggest challenge I had was probably my um, illness. Basically, I had a lot of unexplained symptoms for many years leading up to university. um, But it wasn't until I actually was in the middle of my studies where I became seriously ill because of them. Um, I did see the doctors a lot for this and it was a lot of sort of going around in circles and not really receiving a a diagnosis and being very quite dismissive, not in, you know, a mean way. It's just they had no reason to sort of explain what was going on, basically. Um, And this was quite hard to communicate with university because they need strict medical evidence to support certain things. So, you know, they'd be considerate, but I guess they couldn't really make any adjustments without an actual diagnosis. Um, and this also translated to my part-time work, which um, I, I relied on basically to um, support me through my studies. And how did you manage um, your part-time jobs alongside your physical health? Because I know you had some really good experiences as well as some not so good experiences as well. Yeah, so I'll start with the bad experiences, um, just as sort of chronologically relevant. Um, a lot of the time I basically just sort of burn myself out. I just sort of run myself down, sort of trying to get on with it. Most of the jobs that I worked were, you know, on your feet, long hours, hospitality, retail, etc. Um, so basically, I'd just work a job until I couldn't do it any lo- longer. And then I'd just sort of, you know, quit the job at the time where it got too much, have a little break and then find a new job, which wasn't very sustainable or healthy. Um, but then moving on to the more sort of good experiences, um, I worked at Bison Co as part of the opening team. And my managers there, and uh, Robbie and Ben, and my head bartender, Frankie, they were actually really supportive. So they came to me before I even let them know I had health issues. And they said, are there any adjustments we can make? If you have any problems, just let us know. And they made me feel very at ease. So um, the good experience with that is basically I could, I felt comfortable going to them, having a conversation and saying, you know, I've got this pain or... I've got fatigue or I've got things going on with university this week. And they basically helped manage my schedule around my studies. And it was really, really helpful to have that kind of support in a workplace. Great. And were you working with Bison Co then? Was that after your diagnosis or was that before the diagnosis, if you don't mind me asking? Of course. So my diagnosis actually came relatively shortly after I started working at Bison Co., um, so when I started working there, I'd had some time out of work to focus on my studies before and I was really invested in the job. Um, and then I got this diagnosis and basically the problem with my diagnosis, which was celiac disease, is um, when it's been undiagnosed for a long time, there's a lot of effects that aren't really accounted for by your GP, for example. Um, so I can continue to get worse and worse. And that really got in the way of my ability to work on the bar in terms of longer shifts and late nights and heavy lifting and things like that. And I just wanted to ask as well then, so do you think it was a mix of having finally having a diagnosis and having a supportive employer that sort of changed the way that you communicated what you were going through to the employer? Yeah, I think, um, I mean, having the diagnosis helped a lot with 
university, I think. But in terms of the employer, it didn't actually make much difference because obviously, as I mentioned, there's not much known about it. So how it impacts your day to day life is actually not really accounted for. And it's very different depending on the person. So it was mainly the support that I had from, you know, my direct line managers, Robbie and Frankie, that um, let me sort of really say how it was affecting me and not just something that it says on the NHS website, for example. And um, they would basically respond to that without asking any like interrogating questions. They'd only ask questions they needed to understand, you know, what changes to make. So, um, yeah, I think that was really important. But having the diagnosis helped in terms of my own understanding of explaining the symptoms. But in terms of communicating it with the manager, I think it was mainly just about them taking the time to actually hear me out and, you know, having the confidence to actually go to them and say what I need or what I think I need. Absolutely. And I think that having that being empowered to be able to explain what you need from the employer can be so beneficial both ways because they can support you in the most effective way. and You get the support you need to not get to that burnout stage that you were talking about earlier as well. So you're now on a fantastic training scheme, Sean, as a medical writer. Um, how has the way that you communicate the challenges you face changed in the role that you're in now? I think what I learned from my time at uh, Co is that employers are actually well a good employer anyway is going to be really supportive um, and they won't necessarily need you to give you strict evidence about how you're suffering that a good employer will want to help you like you say it's, it's mutual for you both to for you to have the best time that you can there um, so I think now I have a lot more confidence in terms of just going to an employer straight away and being more open with them um, I think another thing as well is I'm a lot more aware of my limitations, which is important to, for the employers, because if you don't tell them what you struggle with, they can't really know how to help you. Um, so I think they're the two main things. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing I just want to share with the listeners is that under the Equality Act, anyone who has a disability, mental health or long term health condition, which has a negative effect on being able to carry out normal day to day activities, are legally entitled to request reasonable adjustments from employers. So talking about the challenges that you've mentioned, it's about explaining that in a way where the employer can also um, help you and make those changes to, to help you be successful in that role. And I just think that's important for people to know. Is that something you were aware of when you were applying for your part-time jobs at the beginning? You know, the ones where you were sort of, drop, you know, potentially dropping out of them and things like that. Was that something you were aware of at the time? Really aware of like the uh, Equality and Disability Act from working loads of different jobs and stuff like that. And employers were always very vocal and, you know, they were very like evident that they would support people. But I think it was just what I didn't realise is they would be supportive even if you didn't have a diagnosis that had strict rules to follow in terms of how you can support mm -hmm. someone. Um, and Absolutely. Yeah, it's just that conversation that you need to have, really. Yeah, I think it's remembering at the end of the day that most people who are working with other people, well, we're all human at the end, so we all, end of the day, so we all want to support each other, really. And you get some people who are better at it than others, of course, and I think you've definitely experienced that throughout your career so far. Um, but what do you know now, Sean, about communicating with employers that you wish you knew when you started your degree? Is there anything? So I think um, the main thing is being aware of my own limitations. Um, it's really helped me to sort of know when it's time to accept defeat in a job, even if you love it. And um, it took me a long time to realise that, you know, you should be putting your health first and every employer will say that. But I think it's actually manifesting that within yourself and 
essentially the sooner you're able to put your health first, the sooner you are able to find that right job that's for you long term. Um, so I think that's the main thing I wish I knew was what I actually should and shouldn't be doing. Yeah, and do you think some of that is around knowing what support is reasonable within those roles as well and working out what how you can make roles work for you or not? Because there will be some roles that you can do and some roles that you can't do. And um, you were you you had um, an experience where you wanted to be a chef, didn't you? But with your um, diagnosis, that became something that you had to reevaluate. Yeah, definitely. So um, that's basically even now that still would be my passion and would be my dream job. Um, I worked a lot in kitchens, but it's probably one of the most physically demanding jobs that I've ever worked. It's a lot of bending, lifting, long hours, a lot of stress. Uh, it's, it's what makes it so exciting. Um, but there come to a point where it was actually just really, really running me into the ground, even if I was working in the kitchen just for a short amount of time. Um, so I, I cut that short and then I kind of went for the the next one along which was the the cocktail bartending um and that was definitely a lot less intense on the body but it is still quite um quite a strenuous activity to be doing sort of frequently for a job so um yeah eventually the same thing happened so i guess it was like it was fine to be doing short term but looking back on it it did sort of you know really sort of run my body down worse i think is there any advice you would give to students who may be in a similar situation to you yeah, I mean, to, well, one thing I've learned as well is, is it's more common than most people realise, especially, you know, having certain like pains or limitations, whether that's mental or physical health that uh, really get in the way of your day to day life and jobs as well. And a lot of people will just suffer in silence. Um, and I think the main thing I'd want people to take away is that any lawyer will want to hear you out and they'll want to help and they'll keep things private. They'll make the changes, you know, without disclosing sensitive information um you know without trying to be too negative if an employer isn't willing to support you like that it's probably not worth working for them um and again sort of you know listen to your body it's not just because you don't have a diagnosis doesn't mean that you know you're it's all in your head sort of thing so um still see your doctor still you know take that medical path but if you feel like you know you're in pain or you're struggling with something just communicate that with your employers and stay resilient because eventually you'll work something out between the employer if it's the right job for you. The careers team were really helpful in terms of, you know, hear, again, hearing me out with the problems I was having, trying to find a new career change and having a lot of experience in something that I couldn't do any anymore. Um, and then sort of transferring that into a new role that I'm applying for and making it relevant. And that actually was part of the things that helped me get the new job that I'm working in, even though it wasn't directly relevant. Um, and I would also like to say that the Student Wellbeing Centre are able to help you in their a separate entity to like the actual university doctor surgery um so yeah make the most of them services that are available to you because they are invaluable and uh obviously you only have them for four years so make the most of them absolutely i think that's fantastic advice and the one thing i would just add to that as well is that we can support students now as well with um requesting reasonable adjustments figuring out what you might want to ask for and how you might want to communicate that to an employer so within the careers and employability team that is something we can support you with so please do reach out to us if you are going through a similar thing to what sean experienced when whilst at university um, and before we go sean i've just got a couple of last that's a couple of questions for you. So how is your health now and how are you enjoying your job, the job that you're in? So, yeah, so my health is, uh, I mean, I still have the same limitations as such, but um, my health is, is stable. And over time, if you look at it in a bigger picture, it's sort of gradually getting better and better, which is really good. 
Um, having this new job has been really good for me as well because it's uh, it's a, a very, very challenging, but it's really rewarding. And obviously it's challenging in terms of my brain, not just physically demanding. So um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful to be, to be having this opportunity. That's great. And what are the plans? What are your plans for the future? Um, at the moment, I'm just really trying to embrace the, the job that I'm working. Um, but I'll be moving down to Oxford at the end of the month. So it's sort of starting this new life, starting my career. And then eventually I'll hope to to move up in the company. Hopefully that I'll be working at. There's a lot of opportunities for travel in terms of like Congress meetings. So, um, yeah, I'm very sort of professionally driven. So I guess just making the most of this. And would you say that having a supportive employer has helped you to sort of realise your ambitions in a different way? Yeah, so I think if I didn't have such um, good support in place in the job at Vice & Co mainly, um, I wouldn't have really found it easy to accept that I needed to find a new career change and that it wasn't really best for me. I probably would have just continued to sort of burn myself out. So, um, you know, a year ago, I probably wouldn't be speaking so positively about it. But now I've found this new career that is you know, just as exciting, um, just as rewarding in many ways. Um, I feel, you know, very lucky to be in a position that I'm in because I know a lot of people will struggle and suffer without having any sort of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's it's nice to, you know, hear stories like your own where you have, you know, re reflected and reviewed and come out the other side and something that you're really enjoying as well and something that's challenging you in a positive way instead of a uh, you know what could have potentially been a negative way previously um so i think that's all we have time for today sean so thank you so much for joining us and um, i really think your experience is going to be so useful for our listeners um to hear about um and i know you've signed up recently as well as a mentor on lincoln connect haven't you are you happy for students to contact you if they listen to this podcast about um your experience as well yeah of course i mean on that platform you sort of have a list of the things that you can provide insight into or mentoring for so a lot of that is mainly my professional skills or things that I've worked in the past but I mean if there's anything else that you want to contact me for that's absolutely fine it doesn't have to just be what's on my profile so yeah thank you so much Sean and um, so we'll speak to you again soon I hope of course